welcome, welcome, welcome back to Plenty Face Syndicate. We are on a new After Dark, or I'm sorry, Universe Extended kick, where we dissect Star Wars lore after our normal show. Tonight, we're going to be starting our series on the new Thrawn books. And I guess they're not really new, because I believe they came out um, in the mid-20s. <laughs> and I'll do that just to piss everybody else off. But uh, we're, we're going to be talking about the new, the very first trilogy in the Thrawn series called Thrawn. Joining me tonight on mic and in virtual person is my good friend JJ and my good friend Greg. How are you all doing tonight, sirs? I'm good. I'm not a New York Giants fan, so I'm doing really well there. Oh, I bet you are. I don't think any of us are really a Giants fan. I think JJ pretends to be one, but like he pretends to be Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. And it it makes a sense. Of, a lot of fake shit happening in JJ's life. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I like about you, Tanner, is you're authentic. You're like, I'm just going to drink my bourbon or whiskey or rye or whatever the fuck you drink and talk some shit. JJ, yeah. on the other hand, is like, oh, you know. I'm uh, I'm Team Austria, and uh, really uh, really into uh, ski dudes. <laughs> bratwurst, man, come on. Jeez. Bratwurst. Do you not like bratwurst and sausage, JJ? Oh, I love it, dude. It's okay, me? all right. Yeah, put that on the grill any day, bro. Well, that's good. I mean, at least at least you can. If you're gonna be fake about it, you can be fake about it together. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was the one that came up with the whole logo design for our team, you know, and and provided that for us. So, yeah, it's just because your team didn't have one and you did it on the fly. You're like, oh, shit, we have a stream tomorrow and we have no logo because somehow that was neglected. <laughs> <laughs> that was the pride, man. I made the national flag for our team. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Jameson because Jameson is the premium Irish whiskey of Planning Phase Syndicate. And yes, it goes neat into a glass with a separatist logo on it because guess who, not me, but guess what faction just won the Planning Phase Syndicate showdown? Seppies, babe. Um, no, Seppies. No, not Rumble. even a swarm. I don't consider it a swarm. But. Nah, it wasn't even a swarm. Nah. You, Greg, you will find I am very aggressively um, specific about what I consider a swarm. If it's six or less ships, I don't even consider that a mini swarm. There's no such thing. It's either seven or eight ships. That's it. Nothing in between. I don't know. I What's think six between seven like. and eight. What's that? What's between seven and eight? They're both swarms. I consider them both swarms. Like if you were okay, like, hey, you, you, seven... said, you said my swarm is seven or eight. Nothing in between. And I want to know, oh. what is that between? <laughs> oh, sometimes I cut Grievous in half, is what I do. Like, I cut him in half, and okay. I was like, can I have half I a mean, Grievous? You could tell the kind of Discord missile as half of a uh, ship. So There you go. There you, you go. go. You couldn't? Yeah, you could. No, you couldn't. You shoot at it, right? It has. You whole, don't put. You don't set a dial for it? Uh, right, but it still moves. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It does. Try overlapping yes. it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's placement. That's not movement, you oh, silly my God. goose. All right. Listen, All right. You should learn the game. 
All right. Well, we're here to wax poetic about Thrawn. So we've been, we've been, we did this whole live thing um, where we were talking about Obi-Wan and we did this for the book of Boba Fett. But now, unless we move into Marvel, 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 Marvel. Jesus Christ, too much Jameson, I guess. Unless we move into Marvel, we, we aren't getting any new Star Wars um, audio or video content currently. So I thought, Fuck the world. Let's talk about my absolute favorite character in Star Wars. And it's just, yes, it's a little bit of a privilege. Yes, I run the show. Therefore, I'm going to talk about Thrawn because I absolutely think Thrawn is hands down the best character. And he's definitely the best character that does not exist um, in a lot of video canon. It's only in book form. So we decided... We were going to force JJ to finish reading the books and we were going to talk about Thrawn lore and we're going to start with the very first trilogy Thrawn. The and trilogy the Empire. and the Empire. Yes, it, 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 it aired in the 2017 through 2019 and there is three books in this series. Anybody Thrawn. else excited? I, am Thrawn I the only oh, excited yes. motherfucker in this one? Thrawn I, I love this uh, this book. Um, I I had the pleasure of getting it signed during Star Wars Celebration on that same year um, by Timothy Zahn, and it is uh, it was great. I enjoyed that book very very much. Just uh, revisiting this character back from like the old Heir to the Empire days. It's one of the 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 extended universe characters that I was glad that they brought back into the new Disney canon. And uh, it, it started off very, very strong. I really enjoyed it. And also his appearance in Star Wars Rebels was good as well. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to challenge you here, JJ. I don't think we revisited Thrawn with this series. I think we were introduced to a new, better Thrawn. Fair. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right there. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, Greg, actually. I, I do agree with you on that. I think that we were given a revision because, okay, well, it's fine. Let's let's talk a little bit about early Thrawn. Like, what is it? Legends Thrawn? Is that what we have to call yeah, it? Yeah, Legends Thrawn. Yes. Yeah, so Legend let's talk Thrawn about Legends Thrawn. Not that good. Yeah, why is that, though, Greg? Why do you feel he's not as good as he is now? So I have the audiobooks of everything. Um, I normally get physical books as well, but I really just, like, some days I just like like chilling out in my chair, leaning back, closing my eyes, and having the audiobooks go. But Legends Thrawn is, while uh, while still like a tactical genius who enjoys art and whatnot, he's just another Imperial baddie. He has no motivations other than Empire good. Like there's no depth to him. There's no. There's nothing that makes him like a unique, terrifying leader. His terrifying leader is that he's just able to perceive things, which is fine. Like, that's a nice trait to have. But it's just another Imperial. He just loves the Empire, doing Empire things. He doesn't have these secondary motivations, secondary thoughts. He doesn't, he's not like the guy who in this book is just trying to figure out what is the empire you know what i mean yeah there's no depth to his character in the legends books he's just a genius admiral who happened to be an alien 
Yeah. And it, and and in the new series we get um we get oh, the one more thing and he doesn't have a code. He doesn't have a moral oh, yeah. code like he does Agreed. in these new books. Like I mean he willingly participates in basic slavery of the Nogri in legends. He's he uh kills his crew in legends. He has them executed. Uh Stuff like that. It's not. He doesn't have that moral compass guiding him like he does in these new books. Sorry. No, I I think you're right though, Greg. I think and I think that defines how that series, why we have three sets of books, right? Is because without without being able to define it, it's boring. And I agree with you. I actually read the original Thrawn books when I was younger, and then before the new ones came out, I reread them. And then when the new ones came out. Um, for the first set of series, I was like, holy shit, these A, these are better written, right, than the original ones were. And, you know, so B, then we actually got to see kind of a character development in Thrawn that we we have not seen before at all. Yes. There was Thrawn grows, especially in book one, which I guess we're specifically talking about. The yeah. growth of Thrawn, Thrawn in book one is greater than the growth of Thrawn in throughout the whole Heir to the Empire series. Yeah, agree. I do like the the um, kind of like seeing the Empire through Thrawn's eyes as he's going in through the Academy, his meeting with the Emperor, um, and just his interactions with the different moths, um, uh, especially with like Tarkin, and then uh, taking uh, Eli Banto uh, under his tutelage as he's like progressing um like in through his ranks there uh in the empire um definitely shows a lot more growth uh for that character and it makes him interesting right because he's not affected by a lot of the pandering that a lot of the um the moths did and, and basically a result of the empire how that 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 formation happens is finding favor with the person who's above you in order for you to gain more power and do it and and we see it very um probably done a lot more and um oh my god what's her what's her name uh i don't know why i want to say belinda mood that's definitely not the name it's not. <laughs> but uh price or in, talking about price or in the price yeah. yeah and um and it just like seeing her character develop is like a contrast to how thrawn <laughs> develops um in in the in the I thriving empire oh god i hate her character yeah yeah, I know. And and that's the part, right? It's like it's just she serves as that contrast to Thrawn um in that book. And um it, it just makes you want like Thrawn so much better, right? Also well, I think another thing is Thrawn actually has flaws in this series. Mm -hmm. Like Thrawn's only flaw is the Nogri figured out through Princess Leia's time. It's not even anything Thrawn did. The Nogri figured out that Thrawn wasn't healing their planet and so they assassinated him in the air of the empire this thrawn has a clear flaw and that's he doesn't understand the political game so while he might be a tactical genius mm -hmm. he, there's this whole other side that he gets constantly worked on like just run with you know pounded by overruled destroyed etc yeah. yeah, and the book the book opens with you know basically how he's discovered right on a planet in the middle of nowhere being exiled. He's he said, "Hey, you're done. 
you're not going to be here, you know, and Thrawn basically swiftly, because I can't remember um, if Vader and the Emperor were on that, that ship that discovers Thrawn, or if it was um, just some high-ranking uh, generals that discover him. But it was just a regular ship yeah. of the line. It wasn't anyone important. Yeah. Um, and he negotiates his way into essentially being able to join the Empire, right? Like, I mean, that's crazy. Like, hey, we just found this crazy blue alien, and oh, he wants to join the Empire. We are not going to murder him now. Crazy. Just crazy to me. You know? Yeah, and, and it also well, shines he, a light as well as uh, um, the Empire, how they treat other non-humans and how they basically like have like a racist side, right? Because they only want to like deal with humans, uh, not anybody that's not really particularly human. And also keep in mind before this, so the Emperor knows that he's already had a run-in with Anakin Skywalker. We don't get that till book two, but book two half of it takes place before book one like way before book one yeah so the the emperor already knows about thrawn's existence that's why when he pops up again the emperor summons him to coruscant and how he gets admission into the academy is because he had that previous run-in with anakin who the emperor i think it even goes in the thrawn's like i had a run-in with a jedi or something Called Anakin Skywalker, what happened to him? And the Emperor's like, Oh, he's dead, homie. But like, yo, you want to go to school? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. don't worry about him. You'll never meet him. Wink, wink. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the 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 interesting pose there. And, and I don't want to get too far down the line into book two, even though book two actually was my favorite one. Um, and maybe it's because it's a flashback and I'm just kind of a sucker for that type of shit. Um you can't convince me that Zahn was like, I'm going to write some of these prequel characters. How am I ever going to get to do that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be responsible for the vendor Vader. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, is that who we have to blame? Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so we go back to, you know, we go back to, you know, like the Thrawn character and and he's in the opening. We're seeing him having to navigate. Right. And, you know, like one of the things like the and, and this is where the when you say earlier, Greg, when you said, hey, the reason I like Tanner is because he's just straightforward and he likes whiskey. and He doesn't understand or try to get involved. Well, don't, in anything. Don't, let it, don't let it go to your head. Okay. But <laughs> Thrawn, but Thrawn is similar, which is probably why I identify as strongly with Thrawn is because Thrawn in this series just tells you how it is. He doesn't, he doesn't care as much about politics. He just cares about what is the best outcome and how do we strategically um, align everything. Um, I am definitely not as smart as that dude. I will openly a hundred percent admit that like that guy oh, could look are, at a painting. Are you not as strong as the fictional general? No, no definitely not. <laughs> I'm definitely fatter too than he is. So I enjoy the food and the wine more than he must have. <laughs> um, but but that that's the interesting thing is going through, and this is where they talk about some of the Imperial Academy, right? Like, which I think is an interesting you know piece because as we develop Thrawn and as we go through this whole like character building piece of Thrawn, we're getting into the fact that this is how the Imperial Academy works and back at that time 
we didn't have all of that piece before. You know, like we didn't have some of the intricacies of how it worked. And Thrawn has to develop that connection between how the the, the hierarchy works in the Imperial Empire versus his home, you know, Chiss world, where, you know, a lot of that stuff is just predicted to some extent. But if you think about it, and we haven't gotten into, you know, the next book series, but Thrawn actually, you go like the third series talks about how Thrawn rises through the ranks and all these other things, right? Um, so think of it this way: like Thrawn's now having to compare both sets of um you know, the hierarchies between the two. Yeah, I mean he's really there just to learn about the Empire and if they're a threat. <clears throat> yeah. But we don't know that. You you're you're killing you're killing me. We don't know that though. Like they don't introduce that piece of it yet in the beginning of it. Like at first we think Thrawn is just genuinely somebody that's been exiled and has just this upper bearing. As we go through the series, we understand and we get to learn that. That's a piece that the first it's throughout the first book that they go through all the flashbacks on him being kicked out. Yeah, but it's not as in-depth as it was a big conspiracy of why they were doing it, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I guess I guess it's been it's been a couple of years. Since it's I, been a while. Yeah, since, since I've, I've read it as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that uh, they this particular book, they do set up quite a bit um, to later explore later on. Um, they do. I do remember them mentioning just like flashbacks of why Thrawn was there, uh, particularly when he's talking with Eli Banto. Um, and he's trying to find the word to express it. And I, I'm trying to remember that particular conversation, but uh, they do make mention of why Thrawn is there in the first place. Um, like I believe he was trying to find the word for exiled. So, yeah. The other piece they introduce in book one is this mysterious character called Night Swan. And I, and I want to talk a little bit about Night Swan, and I want to talk a little bit about how Timothy Zahn is a mastermind when it comes to introducing mysterious characters and actually making you want to care about them like mm -hmm. he, he he works very well at that like there's um there's a character that comes out at the end of the second or at the end of the book or the beginning of the second series where they talk about jinxus and like you de develop a desire to determine is that the emperor or not like you really go into that whole piece, mm -hmm. but Night Swan. So, Greg, what's your take on Night Swan? Did you like it? Did you think that was a stupid piece of it? I love Night Swan, and I also like that he's kind of Thrawn's equal. Yeah, like to the point where Thrawn really ends up respecting him and like seeing the value of him. That's another thing we never really got in the original series like the closest we get to thrawn in the air the empire series is like garm bell iblis but even then thrawn doesn't ever actually lose a battle in the air to the empire trilogy he never actually loses a battle so like having night swan be like a foil to thrawn and uh be like the be capable of beating thrawn i think was very important for like a modern storytelling and to give a character again that depth. 
yeah, yeah. and then just lead into that confrontation with him in in the um oh my god i'm trying to remember the name of the planet but basically in the field um just that that whole point where you know he finally gets to like talk to him and have that conversation um that was just a great bit of writing there i really enjoyed that part i can't believe you lauren was just like okay well that's fine with me <laughs> you're you're hired to be skeptical of everybody like come on man like come on <laughs> i don't know and i think so that's like i think in the night swan piece right there giving thrawn that equal like you said greg like it, i think that creates this dynamic and and some of me wonders is as we see um and hear rumors about what's being developed on ahsoka like Will we ever see any of these other characters make um, appearances in future Star Wars shows? You know, like, well, I hope to see Paleon at least, you know. Yeah, we got the shout out, but that's about it. That's the only one you want to see. You don't want to see any of the other ones. <laughs> well, Eli Vanto as well. Yes. Um, it'll be interesting uh, who if they do bring them, um, who they would choose to. Uh, be him because he has a particular like voice he's like a uh, like a farm boy like that's what he sounds like right like just that that southern drawl that they added to his voice like it'll be really interesting i always just imagine him as like a country chris pratt <laughs> yeah exactly yes, there you all go. right <laughs> let's care oh, less cares charismatic though i think yeah 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 a country chris pratt that's right on the money and <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and, and that's the thing is like, we have, you know, we have Eli and, and, and that's a, a story they, they, they go through and develop, right? Like they develop that piece of, of the whole thing of, of getting that relationship going. And some of me wonders, you know, like how that relationship exists, right? You know, like they, it, it feels like Eli is always like, is he my friend? Is he not my friend? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like, like this guy's crazy. Like, who who hangs out with this guy, you know, type thing? And I think that's like, because doesn't he, I believe it's in book one, doesn't Thrawn meet Eli's parents? Yes. Yeah. On graduation day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Thrawn gives this whole, like, speech to his parents about how, like, good Eli is. And then kind of, like, sidelines and says, but I'm so cool, too. You know, just, like, just so you all know. <laughs> yeah. I'm still Thrawn, for fuck's sake. Um, one of my favorite moments of book one is when Eli gets promoted, like, seven levels or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely brings Eli uh, up, and, and that's kind of, like, great, right? Like, for, for Thrawn to see the value of Eli Banto from the beginning and just make sure that he teaches – he takes the time um, – beyond everybody else that he interacts with to bring him under his tutelage and help him develop the same skills that uh, that he needs to to become a good leader um, and then to later entrust him with uh, uh, Commander uh, Arlani to um, to be like that liaison. Um, so that's really great. Yeah. And I think the other thing when we talk about book one, right, is as Thrawn's navigating, you know, some of this he's learning that he has less control in manipulation than he did in the Chiss ascendancy. Right. You know, like when he was in the fleet, we get the feeling that he had this huge, huge, you know, like 
ability to influence things and get away with things. And he's learning in, in, in this world of the empire. He does not have that at all. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes that, that Thrawn has is he says, there are things in the universe that are simply well or simply and purely evil, right? A warrior does not seek to understand them or to compromise with them. He seeks only to obliterate them. And again, I don't want to get too far into the future of the Thrawn series just because we didn't give spoiler warnings for all that. But if you think about that and then kind of go back and apply to that to what he's like talking about and learning about and things like that statement right there just demonstrates how Thrawn sees the Empire. And whereas he may not think they were this big threat originally, he's learning to decide how how much of a threat this actual um, group of people are, which when we talk about Star Wars canon, doesn't that kind of like open up that whole canon piece, right? Like all of a sudden mm-hmm. we've been we've been um specifically poised on the fact that we have this little tiny area and Palpatine's the only thing that fucking matters and everything revolves around Palpatine this and Palpatine that. But Thrawn comes in and kind of says, you know there's other challenges outside of fucking Palpatine, right? Unless somehow Palpatine like extends his way through the Chiss Ascendancy and we just don't know about it yet. I think that's part of Palpatine's intrigue though in Thrawn, right? Because here comes this alien from a completely unknown system that's outside of any of the information that the Republic had prior to the Empire and she knows nothing of it. So, you know, uh, like Palpatine's thing is maintaining his power and if there's this unknown a species or possibly uh, another empire that could challenge him. He wants to have them close so that we can see them, observe them, and see if there are any potential threat or if there's something that he can exploit so that way he can still have the upper hand in case they ever become a threat to him. Yeah, and I think that's that's fair. Anything else about book one? I don't know, like... Book one, like I said, book one to me was a great intro, but I, I felt book one was a lot slower um, in terms of the taxing piece of it. It did draw me in to say, hey, I want to learn more, but I felt book one had a slower uh, the, the pace set to it than the others. I'm just happy that Render Price died. That's it. And Rebels. And why is that? What, 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 why do you hate because, Price? Because it's fucking annoying. She is annoying <laughs> as hell in the book. And then when we finally and see, I was at, at the time I was just starting to really get into to Rebels. And then I just got into like finish the, the first book when we started uh, when season four was like going in the middle of it. And then finally to see her uh, spoiler her, by the way, um, to see her finally die. And uh, and also when uh, she disobeys Thrawn's orders <laughs> and he's just like mad like he's gonna freaking if he had the force at that moment he was gonna choke her out <laughs> like or throw her throw her outside of the airlock like he was just pissed um but yeah it's it just it, it just made me feel like no pity for this woman because she was just a horrible person she really was yeah i mean turning her friend in mm-hmm. what a what a dick and then i don't know she's just really annoying she also did commit pretty 
nasty mass murder. Yeah, some heinous, heinous stuff. And, yeah. and you know Thrawn knows it too, and he can't say it. He's not allowed to say it because she's technically she's not rank him, but she's a governor at that point, and he's just an admiral. I mean, she was probably that evil that uh, that a warrior seeks to destroy and not understand. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I guess I didn't have the opposition to prices as as you guys did. Um, in, in that piece, I and I don't know. And I, I think the reason a lot of, and maybe this is just the writing style, but her character was not developed in the same way Thrawn was at all. They just, yeah. it, they didn't, they didn't, he didn't invest the emotional piece of, of Price in this, whereas he easily did um, in Thrawn and in Eli, right? And Eli was that underdog you know, character coming about that you're like, oh, holy shit. You know, he reminds, you know who Eli reminds me of? Like, Kanan. Or not Kanan, um, Ezra. That's that's kind of what, like, Ezra without a temper and no force ability. You know. But that's 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 the style that I believe, you know, I feel that they, they wrote that, that piece in. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then also just kind of seeing um, the book also on the over in the side. Just seeing a little more of the the inner workings of how the Empire works, uh, Arinda's dealings with Tarkin and trying to set up uh, another moth um, in exchange for like gaining power, um, just shows like that that backstabby you know political intrigue part of the Empire that wasn't really explored much um, in like other books or canons until we actually got the Tarkin book itself. Um, but uh, it, it was really interesting to see a, a lot more of like the the corrosion in the empire at that point right the moral corrosion that they had um which was i i did find that piece interesting so yeah and i like that piece too because to me that felt like the empire like that felt like how like palpatine constructed basically death squads of people to you know like we're gonna pit everybody against each other and say fuck the world Right. Like, mm -hmm. I just want you to all fight to the death and whoever comes out on top, I'll make, you know, uh, Empire Junior or some crap like that. I, who knows what the hell he would call him, you know. Mini me. Mini me. <laughs> all right. Anything else about book one? I don't think we're going to get into book two tonight. We, we'll yep. save book two to next week. So, Greg, now you're now you're part of the series. So I expect to see Greg next Sunday night joining us for book two discussion. A Thrawn. On a side note, how are you feeling, Greg? I, I know you, you've been recovering. I'm good now. The good, cough is good. mostly gone, which is nice. Good, man. It's good to hear. Are you going to play when you go to Gen Con this, this time, or are you going to just do the watching thing again? I'll probably just hang out. I don't have the stamina to play six games of shit. Like I, I get bored. All right, so I have a proposal. Can we at least have a Chris versus Greg game? Like, Can we just do a pickup game while we're there? And see if somebody will stream it. I thought you were talking about Crispy for a second. I'm like, who the fuck is Chris? <laughs> me. I'm, it's me, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. A Tanner versus Greg. There you go. Oh, Tanner. I know Tanner is. Yeah. I know. He's that other guy who was here earlier, right? Yes. Yeah. He I'm has a short beard and, you know, glasses, glasses, drinks whiskey, the whole cast, you know, Won't somehow still not nugs. drunk. Won't eat the chicken nugs. 
Oh. And we're going back to the same the same chicken nuggets from the Gun Gosh, or terrible. Or probably be oh. the same people. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They probably will. Yeah. I hope Adepticon has better food. I really do. It won't. All right. It won't. It won't. Gen Con is in Indianapolis, and if you think there's better food in Indianapolis than Chicago, you're fucking whack. <laughs> I know Chicago has the best pizza. That's what you told us the other time. So <laughs> No, not the, that was it. The Portillo's hot dogs are like great though, even though we ate them in a rush. They're fucking yeah. hot dogs, JJ. You can fucking eat them raw. <laughs> Nah, uh uh-uh. There's something different there, man. Okay, I I have to preface this with that Florida water sucks. Okay, so it makes everything here taste terrible. So why why is that? It's swamp water that's reclaimed and repurposed and stuff. Okay. Do you guys just not drink water in Florida? Is that like a thing that everybody's like, oh, we're not gonna drink the water? The majority of the water that's supplied for like drinking water that actually tastes good comes from like two different rivers here in Florida that uh that basically is the only supply of like clean water or like Lake tasting water here. but uh yeah exactly and uh zephyr hills so everything else here like all the water from the tap and everything like that everything's run through from like the swamp wells and marshlands that gets treated and then pushed out for drinking water or regular water and so it has a smell and has a taste so it's bad all right, fair enough. I'm. I'm. You ever been then. driving in Florida and like you go down the road and you start smelling sulfur? Sulfur. Yep. That's that's the water supply. Yep. Ugh. They're like they're like reclaimed water they use for like plants and shit. Smells like rotten eggs. Yes. Yeah. See, we only get that with cows in Michigan. Where I live, there's tons well, of cows. You guys, yeah, you guys do like fucking cows. It's true. They, we, the good news <laughs> is Florida, same thing, except it's gators. <laughs> you know the irony of that? Before we started the show, my wife like texted me and was like, hey, you know there's a gator in Kalamazoo in one of the, the rivers down there? <laughs> like they're trying to capture it like right now. And like the irony is is I wonder if it swam up from fucking Florida. I wonder Sir, if you get us our fucking gators. Mm-hmm. JJ, how old are your kids? Uh she's five. Just five. Has she learned serpentine? No, she has not. You gotta teach her serpentine, dude. What she runs into a gator. I mean, she had a good run. Uh (laughs) 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 she had a better run if she could serpentine. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. What the fuck you doing not teaching serpentine? That's dereliction of duty. I gotta say that uh, gator cooked right actually tastes pretty good. Gotta say, homie, you're not teaching your child to escape the one animal down there. That's like, well, that and the turkeys, the wild fucking turkeys that'll attack you. Serpentine oh, yeah. ain't gonna help you there. You just go down. You fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you could just hit them with your car. That's fine. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, if you. Want your car to die? Yeah, yeah I don't that's like true. My car dying. The suckers are like two hundred pounds. Yeah, Ugh. but hey, you would get free gator meat. So there you go. It's kind of like in Michigan. You hit a deer, you get the deer. If you have a gun, you just put it down yourself. Throw it on the fucking you know top or the back of your your truck. Take off with it. Go home, process it. Pay somebody to process it. I'll never forget when I was in high school learning how to drive in my parents' van. I hit a deer, and I was on the way to my cousin's 
uh, Bible study. And I had to call them and be like, hey, I'm not coming. I'm not going to make it this week. And they were like, hold on. We're going to come see you. And literally, like, my cousin and her friend both showed up down the road to put the deer out of its misery. Like, we had to call the fucking <laughs> cops first. Like, we had to actually call the cops and be like, hey, can we do this? So a cop had to come while we used our guns to kill the deer. And then we went and took him, had it processed. And I had I had deer jerky for for like six months. It was amazing, actually. And I didn't have to kill the deer other than the stupid thing ran out in front of my mom's van, which she was super pissed off, by the way. Like, lividly pissed that, you know, I was the one driving. But, you know, it's like, it's a deer. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like Sounds like a Red Dead 2 uh, <laughs> like story. <laughs> it's Michigan, man. That's what happens in Michigan. You hit a deer, if you hit it in the right place, you get good meat out of it, you know? And deer tastes good. Have you never had deer? Um, Once. And that was back when I lived in New York. So, yeah. Deer right. is actually super tasty, but like... It's game. I don't go around. I don't go around hitting them for fun. <laughs> and then I, I mean, call my cousins to bring their fucking guns. <laughs> it's a little oh rednecky. Yeah. Well, I'll admit. What the fuck was that cop call like? Hey, uh, no emergency. Technically, here's the deal. I just hit a deer because I'm an incompetent student driver. Now I was hoping that I could just shoot it in the face and get that sweet, sweet deer meat. Is that all right with you? <laughs> That's actually very close to the call. I didn't actually do it. My my cousin's friend did it. She's the one that wanted the deer meat more than me. Um, and I'm just sitting there, just like I don't know what to do because my mom's angry and like she's there and like technically we didn't want to leave the deer on the side of the road because it wasn't technically dead. It was still alive. Like, I hit it, like, in one of its, like, legs, so it couldn't walk, so it would do this, like, circle thing, fall down, circle thing, fall down, circle thing, fall down. Um, And so, like, I felt bad and wanted to, you know, like, it shouldn't have, like, that deer is not going to live. Something's going to get it, you know, like, and it shouldn't have to starve to death. You should be able to put it out of its misery, at least. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, my my cousin's friend literally called 911 and said, yes, this is not an emergency, but we had, we hit a deer and we are wondering if we're able to put it down and take care of it for you. And they're like, no, we need to be there. And then they sent like one cop out and the cop literally just stood there to make sure. Like, I don't know why. I have no idea why, but it he, had to be there. You wanted to some watch too. Well, imagine that call. Like, all right, we got an APB, a fucking idiot hit a deer up on uh, County Road 22. And uh, yo, they want to shoot that deer. Who wants to go watch a deer die? Any any of you cops, you non well adjusted cops, go want to watch an innocent animal die, and then like eighteen people call like, well, we can't send eighteen of you. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna play the lottery game. I'm gonna call out a number one through eighteen, and one of you fucking sickos is gonna go up there and watch a deer die for what I assume is sexual pleasure. Number nine. <laughs> They probably trained all those cops by making them watch Bambi. <laughs> like, okay, we got a Bambi call. Go. I mean, if you think about it, in Michigan, like, the cops are killing minorities anyway. So, like, I mean, no. this is nothing yeah. new. So, like, this is this is just practice, right? Oh, we're going to watch someone die? Oh, all right. Hey, no problem. Sorry. That got a little political there. But Charles isn't on, so it's okay. He is the majority, <laughs> stuff. So. All right. Well, that's enough Tanner Deer stories for the night. I'm pretty sure... 
nobody needed to hear that. I'm sure that was not entertaining at all, except for the sexual fantasy of shooting a deer. Uh, that's just weird. If you get off well, on murdering animals, then more power to you, I guess. Just I don't want to know about it. That's, that's, mm-hmm. mm. Can't tell me that that cop wasn't like nice. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm definitely ending the show on that note. Thank you all for joining us for our universe extended series. We will be back next week to talk about book two of the first trilogy series of Theron. Which JJ, what is the name of book two? Ascent uh, alliances. Sorry. Oh my god. Alliances. He had one job. The second series of Theron. Stop calling it the first. It's confusing everybody. It is okay. Fine. It He's is right. the right. first canon series of Theron. There you go. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week with our normal podcast at 9 p.m. Eastern time to talk about um, why JJ will never wear his Giants hat on the stream again. Thank you all. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week.